welcome to another episode of the Mad Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Begley, Goni, and Wayne. What is up, Mad Mob? We are here for the second episode of our running back rankings. Running backs 13 through 24. Gentlemen, how are you? Excellent. I'm in the mountains. Look at this view. It's beautiful. Crystal clear water. Man, trees everywhere. Wayne, would you call that in the mountains? Or would you call that tropical island somewhere? I I don't think it's... uh, That's a good question. Yeah, all right. I might not be on a mountain, but I might be on a mountain. How do you know? Well, because everything's taller than you. You're you're in a valley. Nah, bro. I'm definitely taller than them trees. Look, my head's above them. My head's above that mountain. That little hill behind you is eclipsing you. Ah, that's not true. Look at my hat. You see? Up here, down there. That's how we measure the little kids. That's how we're going to measure this right now. Perfect. I think think that's how this works. So, you you win. Science. Yes. Yes. It's it's annoying that 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 happened, but you, you can't argue with the... With the hand measurements. Yeah, you can't. It was a perfect plane directly across, too. It was nicely done going. Yeah, depth, depth of, of view doesn't matter here. Got, it, it got, the RB2 rankings got a, little, got a little sketchy for us, didn't it? We're, a little, oh, yeah. we're, we're all over the place on this one. Wide receivers are going to be worse. I can guarantee. Way worse. Oh, yeah. I think this there's is, way more options. Yeah, I, I mean, but this is to be expected. I feel like anyone who ranks running backs, just any three people that are invested in fantasy football at all, this is where it gets kind of juicy because you have opportunities to be very right and you have opportunities to be very wrong. You're very right about that. Hey. Let's jump right into it. Our consensus 13, we have Ramondre Stevenson. I had him at 13. Gone had him at 13. Beggs had him at 11. Uh, looks like me and Gone were right on what the consensus is. Beggs, why you got him a little bit higher? Uh, just like we saw last year, man. He's a PPR machine. Uh, in, in standard, I'd have him lower. Uh, you know, I've seen Zeke run for the last two years, and to say he's lost a step would be really overselling Zeke. He, he just looks horrible. Um, so I, I'm not scared off by the Zeke news whatsoever. I, matter of fact, I think Zeke coming in this year is worse than Damian Harris was last year, uh, just in terms of a player. Now his availability might be a little better, um, but I just expect him to get Ramondre involved in the passing game. Still, uh, I think he's a big player through the air. Zeke may vulture some tutties, but overall, I think them hunting a free agent running back is more of a reflection on Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong than it is Ramondre Stevenson. Does it bother you that Zeke has been reported to see an uptick of targets in practice thus far? Uh, I've seen him run, man. He's slow. Yeah, we're holding the bag, uh, Wayne and I, in another league with Zeke, but... I, I don't know, man. We talked about this. He was he was one of the guys that I wasn't so high on this year, uh, just because his ADP. I mean, he's he's the RB ten right now at, at ADP, third round, finished as the RB seven last year, and as I mentioned before, his numbers weren't amazing. Barely broke a thousand yards, five touchdowns on the ground, nothing spectacular by any means. Um, 
it, it, he just saw 89. He saw 89 targets last year. He was third in the league. I, I just don't see that kind of why check down because uh, the offense last year literally was run the ball, run the ball, check it down, run the ball, run the ball, check it down, punt, run the ball, run the ball, check it down, punt. Does Does Juju change that formula? I think another year of Mac Jones just with a year under his belt. And, you know, we got Bill O'Brien back. I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing. He's not the head coach or the GM, so I don't fear for any of our players. But, dude, 89, 89 targets. Why not? He's I, I And I mean this very seriously. He might be the best receiving weapon you have on your roster. I mean, who's going to take his target share? Again, is it Juju or Mike Gusecki? I don't think so. I mean, I think it's Juju. I think Tyquan Thornton gets an uptick as well. Like, not saying he's obviously going to be. You gave me the look like, I bro. Mean, you re-signed Devontae Parker. He's got to take something. You don't re-sign yeah, somebody to to sit him on your bench. Three years. Not happy about it. He just doesn't play, you know. It's a weird signing, but, I mean, it happened. So you got to take it into effect. I think there has to be a, a regression here. I mean – Especially with Z coming in, seventy receptions. I don't know, and and not to mention last year, New England ranked dead last in the NFL with with a forty two point two two percent touchdown um, percentage in the red zone. So the touchdowns aren't necessarily going to be what's saving them because I don't see any, I don't see anything that's going to make that go up. No, I, it's I mean at least for me, and, I, and obviously we're all three very close. It's just the receiving work. I, I just I can't be convinced that Juju takes more volume than Jacoby Myers did last year. I mean, he's the only new piece added, and Mike Mike Gusecki. and Zeke. Zeke man, he <laughs> catches on, he catches out of the backfield. Come on, boys. We can't. Addicts. Come on, dude. No, we I can't just bru- we can't just brush over that addition. Well, well, we we can't. I mean, he, Zeke is he's toast. He's done. Kayshawn Butte got drafted. You're he's right. Been yeah. Good in preseason. I'm just telling you, man. These these little nobody guys. These little nobody guys. Kendrick Bourne. You're giving me the look, bro. Like I know he was I there know. last year. He was there last year. Right, so right, on. right. And I'm not saying any of these guys are gonna have a hundred target season. But when you're chipping away and chipping away. I think it comes 89 targets. I promise you he does not get to look. They had these same little pieces last year that attempted to chip away. The NFL is simple to me, man. You get your best player, the ball, right? I think Bill Belichick's a master of that. Is Ramondre Steven the best offensive weapon on the roster? I mean, you know what else Bill Belichick is a master? Hang on, of? Man. Is Ramondre the best offensive weapon on the roster? Honestly, I'm, I'm asking. Yeah. Absolutely. Get him the ball any way you can. Right. Okay, can you answer my question now? Do you know do you know what else he's a master of? Bill O'Brien losing games. No, Bill Belichick. The guy who wins games. What's he a master of? He's a master of bringing in someone you've never heard of to have an absolute stud of a game. He's going to use the guys. We don't play rookies. We don't play offensive rookie pieces. Just historically, we don't. You might get a couple if you fumble Man, you're done. Your life is over. You're running oh. laps. You're, you'll never see the field again for the rest of the year. But the Tyquan Thorntons of the world, man, uh, he's going to get some targets. Bootay's going to get that. a couple targets. 
I'm okay with that. I, I don't I don't have any I'm not disagreeing with you at all. What I'm saying is New England last year by any metric was a bottom five offense in the league. Yeah. Right. I, if all of these guys are gonna come in and make a contribution, that means your your snaps probably go up, right? Which probably means you're a little better of an offense. I just don't understand why why Ramondre can't row the boat. I mean again, guys, we're it's thirteen to eleven here, right? Obviously, you guys think he he rose the boat right. a little that, bit. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Our consensus 14. Dang, I'm off on this one, boys. Uh, we got K-Dub. I have him at 10. Goni has him at 15. Beggs has him at 18. I guess I'll speak on this because I got him so high. Um, he was another shining spot in the surprising Seattle offense last year. I think everybody absolutely wrote off Seattle going into the year. And we all know what they came out and did with Gino and everybody. Uh, when Penny went down, K-Dub came out, carried the load. Uh, Seahawks were fine letting Penny walk. Um, it was kind of a weird move to grab Charbonnet. But, I mean, K-Dub showed that he can be a three-down back, uh, ranking top ten in juke rate and innovative tackles. Uh, his snap share wasn't that good. It was like 59%. Um, and he still finished as the RB18. Uh, Seattle offense, I don't think, is slowing down with the addition of JSN. Uh, and now he's the true number one going into it. Uh, another year under his belt, I see him creeping up into the RB1 spot. Uh, Charbonnet doesn't scare me. Charbonnet doesn't scare me off this guy. Um, I think he's a back-end RB1. You said 59% was his snap share? Yeah. That's wild because he averaged 18.6 carries a game. So literally any time he was in the game, they must have just handed him the ball. Uh, I mean, I agree with you, man. I, I think he's good. I was looking at some of the stats from last year. He frequently had 20-plus carry games after he after the season got underway. Uh, the only thing, you know, that I, I kind of had the knock on and I, I moved him back a couple spots from where you have him is he doesn't really do anything in the receiving game. Uh, he only saw 35 targets last year. Charbonnet doesn't mm-hmm. scare me too much. I mean, Charbonnet is going to get his, but I feel like Walker is also going to get his in there. I, I just don't see the targets going up. They brought in JSN. He's another mouth to feed in the offense, so I think that's also at Walker's expense. I, I could see another 30, 35 targets this year. But, you know, we'll see. Maybe maybe he has an uptick in the yards per carry. Even that was good last year, 46 um, so, I mean, I don't see it out of the realm of possibilities to get where you're looking at up there. It's kind of it, probably going to hinge on touchdowns and exactly. efficiency. Yep. I agree. Yeah. I'm on the other end of, of it than you guys are. Um, you know, I think he was fortuitous to get a Rashad Penny injury last year. Seven and a half percent target share, as you said, as you said, going, it was, uh, near the bottom of the league amongst all running backs. Um, and, you know, Walker last year, he, he was kind of like the Adam Dunn of, of of the position, right? He either hit a home run or he did nothing. Among all 100-plus attempts backs in 2022, he ranked worst in percentage of carries and went for zero or fewer, or fewer yards. He was last in success rate, last in red zone success rate, and he had 80% of Seattle's running back touches inside the 10, all those carries turned into seven yards and two touchdowns. And, uh, you know, you guys may not be scared of Charbonnet, but 
think the reality is Seattle drafted him in the second round. He's going to play. Pete Carroll has always liked a stable of RBs in Seattle. Um, I think he excels at what Kenneth Walker is is bad at, which is receiving. Um, I think this is kind of a, you know, maybe not quite a 50-50 split, but I think this is more like a 60-40 split um, to me. I, I just think his, his touches limit his potential. Hey, even at 60-40, though, Wayne said he got 59, 59% of the snap share last year, and he, he, he had good work, man. Yeah, I mean, that's and that's why I ranked him exactly where he finished last year. Fair enough. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think Charbonnet takes the receiving work. I think uh, I think Dub takes the rushing work. I think it's a very uh, – I think it'll kind of mimic what Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt did for so long. Um, I and I have Dub as the Nick Chubb in this situation. That's fair. They can coexist. All right. Consensus 15. Aaron Jones, I had him at 11. Goni had him at 21. Begley, looks like 16. Yep. I had him 17. You had him at 17? 17? Yeah. Oh, man. Sorry, we had a late audible on the rankings. Yeah, I must have had him at 17. Uh, that was factored in, into the consensus, Wayne, so I just didn't type over that. Okay. We're good. That's fine. Uh, he had him at 17. Dang, looks like I'm off on this guy again. I'll, I guess I'll speak on him. Uh, Aaron Jones is a guy that I called my shot on last year. Um, missed a little bit. What did I have him as the RB4? It three? was top five. That's all I remember. Three. Three. And he finishes what, the RB8? Yeah. Okay. Hey, you still. were closer than I was. I had him at like 15 or something. Yeah, way above his, his ADP. Uh, I got him finishing a little bit back. Uh, a little bit further back this year, but definitely above his ADP. I still have him finishing as an RB1. Um, like I said, I had him at the 11. Um, he, last year he finished top 10 in yards, evaded tackles, breakaway runs, third in yards per rush, and and literally almost had a perfect 50-50 split with A.J. Dillon, which he's also going to have this year. Uh, but on top of all that, he only had two rushing touchdowns. And he, I mean, he did finish six in receptions and second in receiving touchdowns. And I think that comes down a little bit with Aaron Rodgers leaving because um, obviously he's going to check down and Aaron Jones is, is who he looked for in those um, short passing options near the, uh, near the end zone, which is why it finished so high in that. But it is, a, it is an offense that's very short on weapons, especially receiving weapons. I think he's going to be utilized way more in the passing game. I think they're going to actually make more plays for him. It's not just going to be dumped down to Aaron Jones. They're actually going to design plays for him. Uh, so I think he's going to keep his RB1 status just because this offense is going to need him. They don't have a quarterback that can air it out like Aaron Rodgers anymore. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't argue. Go ahead, go. Uh, I was just going to say, I just think that we have a different uh... – idea of kind of the philosophy of green bay this year i think that jordan love i mean he hasn't really he hasn't played he hasn't proven anything i don't think he scares defenses it's not saying that he can't maybe you know he turns into the next aaron Rodgers. aaron Rodgers had to sit for a little while it's a long shot but you never know it could happen but i mean starting off the season i don't think defenses are going to respect him i think it I think it makes it harder for the running backs, but I also think that they're going to lean on them. I think they're going to run more this year than they did last year. 
you know, that can go either way if it is a 50-50 split. But I really think it favors Dylan, uh, especially when the cold weather comes and guys are just cold and the, the hits hurt a little bit more. Uh, I think the efficiency comes down, you know, 5.1 yards per carry. He had a, a career high in receptions last year. Aaron Jones did. I think he'll be the third down guy in the hurry up. I still expect him to get a decent amount of touches. It's, it's just the offense is what's really kind of holding me back. He's not the goal line guy by any means either. He got out touched by uh, A.J. Dillon inside the five yard line 10 to two last year. Will he be terrible? No, he's he's been great his entire career. I just couldn't get him to RB1. Yeah, man, he's by if you look at any advanced metric for Aaron Jones, he's great. Uh, it's to me, it's the Jordan Love effect, and I think it's Aaron Rodgers not uh, checking the ball down to him anymore. I mean, that's that's all it is for me. All fair. Our consensus 16, we got the rookie, Jameer Gibbs. I have him at 18. Goni has him at 18. Begs all the way up to 12. Yeah, I, you know, I'm actually closer to ADP on this guy than than you all are, so I'm curious to hear your all's points. But, you know, it, I, I don't think that we should overthink this, right? I mean, the Lions drafted him at the 12th spot in the draft. They traded up to get him, you know, and that's that's with the uh, the meta in the NFL right now of, of just drafting running backs late. Uh, he joined CMC and Saquon. It's the only first-round running back since 2011 with a best season reception share above 17% in college. And only he and McCaffrey had multiple collegiate seasons with a reception share above 15. He's a receiving monster. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys have watched any Detroit preseason games so far, but he's been playing some of the slot. He's a 4-3 speed guy. First-round running backs have a great track record. So we have Najee in his first season, RB4, CEH, RB22, Jacobs RB18 and Saquon is RB2. Uh, I think he's the best receiving back to enter the league since 2017, which is the Eckler CMC draft. Uh, you know, he fits perfectly in today's NFL mold, in my opinion. And look, you know, Swift, Swift is le- he's leaving behind 70 targets on limited action last year and a 15% target share. But Jamison Williams out for six games. I, I, I don't see any reason why that target share would go down. Uh, matter of fact, I think if Gibbs stays healthy, I think you get an 80-target season out of him. Um, Swift has got at least five targets in over 63% of his games in Detroit, um, and that's with TJ Hawkinson on the roster. And, you know, he's going to see some red zone and goal line work to David Montgomery. He got a three-year deal in Detroit. I think his value is in the passing game. And, look, you don't draft a guy to 12th overall to not use him in, in, in the red zone. So I think he eats into that Jamal Williams you know, kind of share that happened last year. Um, I guess I'll start with, with all the points that I agree with you on. Um, I do think that Gibbs is getting kind of lost in the Bijan shadow. Um, you're right. He ran a four, three, six at the combine, which was 0.04 seconds off of the fastest time by any offensive player that year at the combine, um, had the third best 10 yard split times of, of any running back at it. So, um, that's what everybody was really commending him on was his, was his foot speed. And we all love that SEC pedigree. Um, that's the closest thing to the NFL that you can get without being in the NFL. And and like you said, they reached. I mean, they reached to get them. Um, they let their whole backfield walk. Um, but like you said, you they reached to get a guy in the first round. 
Um, and they're going to use them. And they paid Monty three years, millions over three years. So they're definitely going to use him. Monty's a proven back in the NFL. I don't think, I don't think Gibbs eats into his running work at all. Uh, I agree with you that I think Gibbs is going to get a ton of passing work, and that's why I have him as a as a mid RB two. That's why I have him at eighteen. I don't, I'm not fading him by any means, and I agree with everything you're saying about his fantasy value and the passing work. I just don't think, I think Monty's definitely going to get his. It's just going to be all on the ground. It's you know it's why I have Monty further back in the rankings because receiving work is king among running backs. I just think he uh, Gibbs doesn't take any of that from him, and that's why I have him at um, eighteen instead of any higher. That's where I'm at as well. I know his ADP has him inside the top twelve right now, but it's it's just hard for me. It, it's hard to trust. Uh, you love the first round running back pedigree, but it scares me a little more when that first round running back isn't uh, a stud, a stud do it all workhorse. You also, you left out one guy that I can remember in recent memory who, who was good, but Leonard Fournette, he was the number four pick. He was the number four pick. He had ups and downs. He had ups and downs. I mean, Obviously, this is a completely different guy. I see him get all getting all kinds of work. I mean, he's filling the Swift role. He Swift finished as the RB twenty one last year. So yeah, I mean that, that's where it's going to come. I agree with Wayne on it to where I just don't think he does enough on the ground to kind of boost him up into that RB one range. But I mean, we'll see what happens this year. Fair. All right, for our consensus seventeen, we have Brees Hall. I have him at twenty. Goni has him at. 15 16 16 all right and Beggs has him at 14 uh yeah looks like I faded him back a little bit further than you all um he was one of the best rookies um he showed why uh, before Brees got hurt he was uh, on top of the league with 5.8 yards per rush which is stupid good efficiency he had 80 carries for four touchdowns uh, if he continued that path uh, he was a lock for an RB1 uh, before Dalvin got picked up in New York, um, he was top 10 for everybody, including me. Um, and now I'm fading him a little bit. I believe that Dalvin, honestly, they just signed him as more of a fill-in um, so they can ease Brees back into the starting role because uh, the worst thing you want to do with, with the guy that you plan on being your back for a while is rush him back after a major injury like that. So in uh, the Jets, and we've talked about it, the Jets are on a tight timeline to win. Uh, you don't get Aaron Rodgers and expect him to be your your guy for the next ten years, uh, so they have to fill in that starting running back role. I think he, I think Brees next year returns to RB one form, but I don't think it happens until after their week seven bye. I think they use Dalvin to to fill in the spot, be the primary workhorse, ease Brees in, let that bye week come, and then they just take the training wheels off and let Brees do it. And I think it's just going to be um, – the the start for him is going to be a little too late to get into that top-tier RB2 status. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I think he does ease into action. I don't think he comes out of the gates hot. Uh, I, I'm bullish on Brees this year. It's a guy that I hope – you know, he keeps – his ADP keeps dropping as people are, are scared about Dalvin. I think he's the best back there, and it's not really close. He led RBs in yards after contact per attempt last year. He had the largest difference in yards per carry relative to a teammate in the league last year. Uh, 
you know, and, and if you look at the last 10 backs to reach 370 PPR points per game over the last 10 seasons, there's one common de- denominator, that's 80 targets or more. I, I think he's in a position to reach that 80 mark, right? So, you know, last year Aaron Rodgers had 20.7% of his attempts go to the RB position. That was the seventh highest rate in the NFL. And over the past three seasons, only Justin Herbert and Derek Carr have targeted RBs more. You know, as we've seen it many times, as, as quarterbacks get old, they check down more. He drew a target on, on almost 29% of his 108 routes last year. He was, the only, he was one of six running backs to have multiple nine-plus target games in 2022, right? And he was hurt for over half the year. I, I think his value is in the receiving game. That's why I'm not scared by the Dalvin signing. Uh, I think Brees gets it down on third down. I'm not really worried too much about the Dalvin signing either, but I definitely think it's to, as you guys said, ease him back in, get over this ACL injury, because it's just something that, you know, affects running backs. And uh, they don't really come back into form in their first year. Uh, It's usually year two that they, you know, are – what they previously were beforehand. Uh, I was actually looking into the study that was done that showed running backs over the years that tore their ACL and the impact it had on their yards per carry and fantasy points per game. Uh, The data showed that over the last seven years, these running backs showed a drop of 1.2 yards per carry from their career average the season following their ACL tear. And that ranged anywhere from 0.2 to 2.2 yards per carry. It also measured fantasy points, showing that the same running backs averaged 4.2 fantasy points per game less than their career average prior to that injury. And that ranged anywhere from a 1.9 increase, which was Deion Lewis, to a 12.2 per game drop being Jamal Charles. So that's kind of just the range. The history has shown that the year after the ACL tear, uh they they recover there's some regression and then year two is a, a heavy bounce back but i have Brees at 16 because uh, he was great last year he was averaging 90 yards and a touchdown he was averaging over 16 points per game before he ended up getting hurt everything took off when they fired mike lafleur the offensive coordinator after week three he's just in a good position man i agree got a very high ceiling was an injury any more heartbreaking than Brees last year? If you had Brees on your squad, was there anything man. more heartbreaking? He was a league winner, man. He was. He was. He was phenomenal. Yeah, I'm a Patriots fan. It just hurt for fantasy. <laughs> exactly. All right, our consensus 18. We got J.K. Dobbins. I had him at 23. Gone had him at 14. Begs at 19. I'm gonna let. How oh, dang! I'm furthest off again. Looks like I'm fading J.K. Dobbins back here. Uh, another guy hampered by injuries. His talent's undeniable, you know, when he's on the field. Um, he's a monster. His last four games of the year, uh, he averaged just under 100 yards uh, per game on 14.5 attempts per game. Uh, the offense is in the best shape it's ever been. Uh, their star franchise quarterback doesn't have contract issues looming over his head anymore. They went out and got weapons, signed OBJ, drafted Zay Flowers, uh, Gus Edwards doesn't scare me at all. Um, Baltimore still finished six in rush attempts per game with J.K. missing half the season and Lamar missing five. It's just they went out and got more more receivers. 
So to me, I just feel like this team is going to try and and protect their asset a little bit. You know, let Lamar air it out. And and I just feel like they're going to shift a little bit more to the passing game this year, um, which is which is going to hurt JK's value. Um, and that's just uh, that's just purely opinion on my part based on what they've done in the off season with the draft and the free agent acquisitions. Um, it just kind of points to them wanting to pass more, um, which is obviously going to make me fade JK a little bit. The Ravens, the Ravens are. They could, they probably will ship to the pass more, but I really don't think it'll hurt. The Ravens are one of three teams in the league last year that ran the ball more than they passed. I think it was like 55% or 54% of the time. It was them, the Falcons, and the Bears ran the ball more than they threw. Uh, My thing for J.K. Dobbins, man, is give this man the football, please. It's like like what I've been saying for Miles Sanders for the longest. Give him the ball, good things are going to happen. Uh, to me, honestly, whenever I see him out there, his efficiency is, and this might be a hot take, it's comparable to Nick Chubb as far as yards per carry go. He had 5.6 yards per carry last year. He's he's over five yards per carry for his career. Of course, he's been hampered by injuries. Uh, it's understandable, but 17 carries was the most he'd seen in a game last year, and it was only one time. He averaged 11.5 for the year only saw eight targets all year. Obviously, we know that he's not a factor in the passing game. Lamar doesn't dump it down. And kind of just going back into what I was saying about Brees is the guys in their second year off the injury kind of have a rebound. This is that time for J.K. this year. Uh, it's it's just give the man the ball. And I he absolutely – he might not finish at 14. I mean, I have him – it's kind of a lofty expectation for a guy who hasn't really done a whole lot in his career. I'm hoping that the volume goes up just even a little bit. If he got maybe 15 carries a game, I'd be happy with that. But he he was angry, angry last year in the wild card game. If you guys remember, he was killing it against the Bengals. Tyler Huntley was the quarterback, and he was furious that Huntley took it at the one instead of him, fumbled the ball, and they ended up losing the game because the Bengals returned it for a touchdown. I think he demands the ball this year. And his respect. He's also looking for a contract coming up in the future. I think the skills are there. I mean, I I don't disagree with you about the skills. It's just a little different than Miles Sanders because he's only played 23 games in three years. You know, he just can't get on the field. Uh, I, I, I lean more to Wayne on this one, obviously, with my ranking. His lack of receiving upside coupled with playing w- with Lamar. Uh, I don't think he has any receiving. I don't think any Ravens RB does. And he's going to be in a timeshare with Gus, right? Whether we like it or not, I think it's it's going to be close to 50-50. I think his upside is just capped. 50-50, though. They paid Gus, man. They gave him guaranteed money. They're, they're going to use him, right? I mean, yeah, but I don't expect any more than like six, five, six carries a game, something like that. I don't know, man. I, I don't see a lot, and I don't think I don't think Lamar, man. I think his rushing comes down this year. I think that's the trade-off. He's been hurt for years now, like, and getting older, the injuries are only going to come more frequently as well. The body doesn't get better as it gets older, and he's absorbing all these hits. That could be the trade-off. Again, this is just speculation on my part, but they're looking to pass the ball more this year. Hopefully they do the right thing, and instead of Lamar taking so many runs, maybe just hand it to his boy. We'll see. Time will tell. This next one, 
one of us has some explaining to do, especially after um, the rant they just went on. Uh, at 19, we've got DeAndre Swift. I have him at 17. Goni has him at 22. Begley has him all the way back at 30 after just absolutely giving so many beautiful examples um, regarding his play for Jameer Gibbs. Uh, why are you fading DeAndre Swift outside of fantasy relevance almost? Well, I can't wait to talk about this guy, man. And I, I've got doinks in the chamber if you guys want him. I, I feel very strongly about this. I don't think he's anything like Jameer Gibbs this year, first of all. I don't think you can even compare them. Very different teams, very different situations. You know, Detroit is a perennial top 10 offense in terms of RB target share. Philly, dead last. They don't throw the ball down to the running backs. I mean, look, when I describe DeAndre Swift, it's a back with a injury history in an ambiguous backfield where the quarterback might be the best pure rusher on the team. I mean, if that doesn't inspire confidence in a running back, I don't know what does, man. I mean, they first of all, they don't involve them, they don't involve running backs in the receiving game at all. They just had 61 targets to the running backs last year, and that's with Miles Sanders and Kenny Gamble on the roster who, you know, for all intents and purposes, are, are not plotters. You're right, and it makes sense. You know, with, with Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, I would rather throw to those guys too. And then that coupled with Hurts' scrambling ability, there's just not a big passing pie left for the running back position. You know, 75% of the team's target share went to those three players. Why would that change? I mean, they have a formula, and it works. Um, You know, Swift, last year, behind Detroit's offensive line, which by all accounts was a top three to five unit last year, he had one game with over 80 yards rushing, right? He's not a between-the-tackles guy. That's not his game. He's a a get-the-ball-in-space kind of guy and make something happen. And if you look at the Eagles, once you normalize their rushing attempts and you back out some of the Jalen Hurts carries, they ran the ball at the same rate as Detroit. So there's not more carries for him to gain on this team, I don't think, uh, when you look at the scheme. And I think we also have to consider the Eagles probably have the best top-to-bottom backfield in football. Rashad Penny's not a bad player. He averages 94.2 rushing yards per start, which is second amongst all running backs with at least 10 games played since 2020. You have Kenny Gainwell, you have Boston Scott, right? I know those names aren't sexy, but for some reason, Boston Scott has two games every year where he has 120 yards and three touchdowns, you know? And, you know, I I keep saying this a lot on, on the show too. Let's not overthink it. The Lions cut one of their most talented players. They didn't cut him, they traded him, sorry, on a rookie deal. They only got back a fourth-round pick and a seventh-round pick swap. And if Swift doesn't re-sign with Philly in 2023, the Eagles get another compensatory fourth-round pick from Detroit. They traded them away for hardly nothing. Why, why do that, right? He's got injuries. He's going to need a lot of injury help. He's going to need Rashad Penny to get hurt, I think, to get enough uh, opportunity to be fantasy-relevant. In Philly, uh, it's it, to me. You're you're talking about an injury thing, and and uh, Penny's the other guy on the lead, on the on the roster. Uh, mm-hmm. Swift only missed three games last year. He missed three games. 
uh, and still finished as an RB two. Um, you're talking about uh, you're talking about his only value coming from the air. Uh, he ranked second in yards per rush last year with five point seven yards per rush. He's extremely efficient on the ground, and mm-hmm. yeah, uh, the Lions might be a top three uh, top three offensive line, but they ain't one. And you know who is where he's at now. They allowed Miles Sanders to get his best finish since 2019. Rashad Penny is absolutely not going to be the number one back in Philly. Uh, Philly ranked first or top in in rushing last year. And you don't go out and get D. Swift and not plan to use him in the backfield a little bit. He's going to take advantage of the fact that on Philadelphia's offense, you got a lot more to look at. Than when you were than when he was on the Lions, it was Amon Ra, and it was DeAndre Swift or the running game. Here you're right. You got Devonta Smith. You got to look at. You got AJ Brown. You got to look at. You got Dallas Goddard. You got to look at. You got to look for for Jalen Hurts. It's almost it's almost like the 2006 Florida Gator spread offense that they're running with Tebow here. I mean, it's got so many things you got to look at that I think Swift is going to easily do it. And not to mention he finished as an RB 21 last year. And Jamal Williams absolutely soaked up every touchdown that there was to have in that backfield. He's going to have a lot more opportunities to score. He's still going to get some some passing work. But to just mull over the fact that uh, he's an extremely efficient runner as well, I think is a, a disservice to him. In response to that, right, a, they they didn't when I mean, they went out and got him sure but they gave up nothing to get him a fourth round pick and a seventh round pick swap with the option to get an additional fourth round that's right? like saying though well it's like saying that you fleece someone in fantasy and you got someone good back but they're not that good because you sent back a fourth round dynasty pick well well that's the thing and you said you said let's not overthink this and then yeah. went into all these things that happened with the trade I think that's overthinking it because we don't know what's happening with their cap space, what they're trying to make room for. Uh, maybe they love Jameer. Deal. I think you talking about what they give up and the compensatory pick if they don't get this. and That's overthinking it. I'm no, just hey. looking at what they got. And they got a great player when you look at his past. And if you're going to dog him for his injuries and then say that Penny's going to be the guy that takes it all, it's, just, it's contradictory to me. I, I, I'm not dogging him for his injuries. I say he has an injury history, which he does. And, and and first of all, you know the point I'm trying to make is Philly gave up nothing to get a player of this caliber. They gave up nothing. And my point isn't that oh blame Philly, right, Goni? My point is Detroit got nothing back for DeAndre Swift, and it has nothing to do with salary cap. He's on a rookie deal. He has a 1.7 million dollar cap hit. That's what Latavius Murray got in Buffalo. And he, that's he, fine. That, that doesn't mean they're not going to use him. I, I understand that. But what I'm saying is they're, they're, you have to take into consideration that a team was willing to essentially give up their best running back for basically nothing, right? You, th- that you can't just blow that off like that means nothing, right? I think you can interpret NFL teams' moves you know, in such a way that, that you can read into it. There's something there. They didn't like Swift, and they kicked him to the curb. Whenever he's on the field, has he not been electric? He doesn't look like he's ever lost a step. 
through any of the injuries since he's been in the league. He he's got all kinds of juice. He's shifty. He catches out of the backfield. Like uh, maybe so they're I just sick of the injuries, bro. Bro, they they brought in two guys on cheap deals who have shown that they can be really good if they can stay on the field. Rashad Penny gets hurt. He got his option declined because the man couldn't stay on the field. A seventh round pick and Chris Carson took over the job because Tony, Rashad Penny Tony, couldn't stay on why, the field. Why did Detroit give him up? I, not why did Philly take the con- obviously Philly is going to take it on a cheap deal. Why did Detroit give him up? On a Has one- anyone ever accused Detroit of making good moves? Hey, Donnie, like you said it best, man. If, if us cash potatoes can see that he's a good football player, obviously that front office can too, right? Correct. So that's my point. If he's electric, if he was so he was very efficient when he got touches, why didn't they give him the ball more? I, it could have it could have very easily been that they like Jame- Jameer Gibbs and they knew they were going to be in contract negotiations with D Swift next year, so they got uh, a fresh D Swift and Jameer Gibbs uh, going into a rookie year. And and then we're able to sign Monty. I mean, it's as simple as that. It, it is. You, as simple you're as that, you're but... overthinking something that could have just simply been, hey, let's get a younger D Swift and reset the rookie clock. I, I, I'm not overthinking it, right? Because it, you, if you want to shop D Swift, that's fine. But you're going to sell them to the highest bidder. It, it, it's capitalism, right? It's capitalism. Yeah. Who, so who you're telling me the best bid for D Swift in the league was a fourth round pick and a seventh round pick swap. It, it means something. I, that's all I'm saying. I, it, you guys argue with me all you want to. He was sold for cheap for a reason, right? Whatever that reason is, nobody wanted to pay up a lot for Swift, and they were willing to get rid of him for cheap. Uh, a, reason is, a reason He's is a reason is the the worst the worst time to deal with a player is when it's time to pay him. And D Swift's time is after this season, and nobody wants to deal with that. The point is, we can think of, we can sit here and think of thirty reasons why that could have been the case. I, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> whenever I'm drafting a player, I'm not going to look at oh, what did the team trade him for, how did he get here, what happened here, what was his value on the end. No, I don't care about any of that. There's, the there's, a, I could, I could literally think of a list of reasons why they would have done that, and none of it is relevant to his fantasy value. It's just a data point, right? That's what it is. You, of course, you're not going to evaluate a player on that solely, but it goes into your portfolio of rating a player. It's a data point. And, and look, is he good on the ground? Yeah, five and a half yards per carry. That's great. He got less than 100 touches. Why? Right? That's not his game. He's not built that way. Okay? And, and that's okay. That's fine. But in Philly, right, they don't use their running backs that way. They don't utilize their running backs in the passing game. They just don't. So he's, it's kind of a weird fit, right? Maybe. How can they get him the ball in space? And look, there's a 25% share. After you look at Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown and Goddard, he's not taking their touches away. Okay? That's a really small share for the rest of the team. He's going to have to be incredibly efficient with that share to have a fantasy footprint. Maybe, maybe Philly and, said – maybe Philly said – Oh dang! This guy's averaging almost five and a half yards per carry, and he only ran him a hundred times. Dang, we can have a dual threat guy here, and they went and snagged him. Like I don't, I don't. We we all know that he's not going to get under a hundred carries this year. He's obviously going to get more than that. He's the most talented in the back room in the in the backfield. I, I think out of the three, right? By far. I, I mean, yeah, yeah I'll, just I'll from sure. He, he's he's the best out of the three. And Rashad Penny, as of 
this week is number three on the depth chart. Kenny Gainwell is actually leading leading the committee as of right now, and I don't think it's going to be that hard for Swift to beat out Kenny Gainwell, to be honest with you. Swift is – it's always been a thing, man. It's going to come down to the injuries, but whenever he gets opportunities, he's a monster, bro. And the I, six games – hang on. And he had six games last year where he had at least 13 opportunities. He averaged almost 19 points a game. You're right. You're right, but but going, but going, but going. Of those opportunities, right? What was the split between rushing and passing? Right, you you you're taking them from. This is a Jekyll and Hyde thing, right? Detroit checks the ball down a lot. Philly almost never does it. Do you think Philly changes their scheme for DeAndre Swift? No, but I think you're forgetting that running backs can run the ball. Running backs can run the ball, but I've got three years of, of data here. That says he's net his highest yards in a season is 617 yards on 150 attempts, and Detroit had an an elite offensive line. It, it right? seems like he needs more attempts. Seems like that's a Detroit problem, not using him the way you need to use him. You're hey. you're like you're saying that it's it's hard it's going to be hard to be successful in Philly as a running back. But what did Miles Sanders just do? He was very successful totally, in Philly as a totally running back. Different players, man. You're, totally different players. Totally different players. DeAndre Swift is more talented. I agree. He's more talented, but he's but he's he's more talented in a different way. Miles Sanders is built to run between the tackles. DeAndre Swift is not. He's five nine. So where can we where can we get a doink in here? I'm happy. I'm happy to get a doink in, man. I you got again. It, it, I I respect your position. You think his chemistry changes? You think he goes from from being a not between the tackles guy to being a between the tackles guy in this offense. That's not going to happen. I'll doink you that he's an RB two. I'll take 24, 24 better. Done. Book it. Will do. I think the other thing too that that worries me about Swift and why I feel so strongly about him. Rushing quarterbacks also they don't check the ball down right. There's a lot of data points that say that they just don't right. When the play breaks down, they use their legs. They they don't go to the check down. I think that also limits his upside. Agreed. Uh, DeAndre Swift is a is an RB1 talent. I agree. I agree with that. None of us have him there. And that's that's the reason. I agree with that. Super talented. If he could play 17 games and he could somehow get 70, 80 targets. I'd Come on, man. Y'all are talking like oh, my, my man's missed half. The, it was three games. My man's missed it, three games. It was three games, but as a DeAndre Swift owner last year, I have to look. But I can promise you he left several games early. Hey, hey, the worst part about being a DeAndre Swift owner yeah. last year was watching Jamal Williams vulture every single goal line it, touchdown that yep. that the Lions got. Yep. One the injuries. It was watching Jamal Williams. He had nine games under 40% snap share last year. So they nine, rode the hot hand. They rode the hot hand, and they had their best season they've had in years. Man. Jamal Williams had 17 touchdowns. They absolutely rode the first swag, Kazakage. How many carries did he have, Gone? You're smarter than that. How many Come carries on, did you have? He had goal line opportunities. He had goal line opportunities, but he was also good in between the 20s, man. Was he? Jared Goff had his best season that he's like ever had. Also, the offense was clicking all around. Okay, hang on a second. Why are you gonna change? Don't fix what ain't broken, bags. Going, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fact check you on this one. Yeah, ready? Okay. The hot sure. hand, right? It's what you said. The hot hand. 
He was the hot hand. He said they rode Jamal Williams the hot hand. That's what he said, right? That's what I said, right? Jamal Williams ran for 100 yards twice last year, right? Oh, okay. And in the stretch that DeAndre Swift had under 40% snap share, Jamal Williams ran for 59, 64, 66, 35, 37, 33, and 11 yards. That's not the hot hand. That's a guy getting red zone and goal line touches. He was never hot last year, Goni. The numbers say say you're wrong on that. You're looking at it from a fantasy perspective, though. I'm looking at it from a – if you're hot, you're getting production. He's scoring. You're right. At the goal line and at the red zone, he's not getting yardage between the 20s like you said. Would, that's not that's not happening. Would the Lions rather him score or not score? Goni, yeah, you're, you're manufacturing a new argument. So he right, wasn't hot what, last year. I so then look, up, look up what Jared Goff did in between then. I will, but I need you to acknowledge it. Jamal Williams was never hot last year. I mean, bro. When you, played, when you run for 35 yards and get three touchdowns, that doesn't uh-huh. mean you're hot. It means you're getting red zone carries. Austin Eckler's done it a few times. I, okay, well, let's go look at Jamal Williams' receiving profile. He had zero receptions that game, Gone. Is that hot to you? He's not that guy. That's you're not right. his build. You're right, Goni. He was never hot. It, DeAndre Swift was never not played. As a result of Jamal right, Williams man. being incredible, I was wrong. Jamal Numbers Williams sucked all year last year. He just scored 17 touchdowns out of the blue because they, they fell down at the one. See, it's what you're just what you're doing again. You're you're, you're manufacturing strong man. He I'm was telling you, I'm wrong, bro. They fell down at the one, and he snuck it in. He sucks. Hey, hold, hold this L. Take take this data and hold this L, <laughs> bro. I've already told you. I've already told you I was wrong. Just move on, man. Everyone right. sucks on the team. They fell to one, and he just scooted it in. He said you were wrong. That's all Jamal I need. Jamal Williams to hear. sucks. That's all I need to hear. Thank you, go. Hey, you're a big you, man. man for admitting that. Take I, I take, that. take yes for an answer, my guy. I took it. You're a big man. Thanks for admitting you're wrong. You didn't, but I appreciate you all taking right. it. All right, the consensus twenty we got on the list is James Conner. Uh, I had him as the RB14, Goni as the 19, Beggs as the 26. Uh, I guess I'll speak on him because I'm sure you all are tired of hearing Begley and Goni talk. Let me slide in here and get my get my James Conner going. Uh, started slow last year, uh, missed the last four games of the season, uh, but started coming on hot towards the end. Uh, not necessarily from an efficiency standpoint, uh, but the card started feeding him uh, the pigskin. He averaged 16 attempts per game and six tutties in a seven-game stretch. Uh, with D-Hop leaving, uh, the run game is more important now than it ever was because we don't know what's going on with Kyler either. Um, Cardinals made absolutely no effort uh, to get him any help in the backfield. Uh, they used a six-pick in the draft to fill in a weakness at tackle uh, with Paris Johnson Jr., I look for James Conner to have a surprisingly good year. I mean, as you can tell by by where I have him, I'm ranked the highest at 14. Uh, when you when you don't go out and get a running back to help somebody, and you spend your first round pick filling in weaknesses at the offensive line, based on his seven game stretch to end the year, 16 attempts, six touchdowns, uh, I look for that to continue into this year. I look for for a sneaky good year out of James Conner. Go on the floor, is yours, man. No, I insist, man. Go ahead. You know what? I'll reserve a, a doink in the chamber on this one just for you, Gone. But this is another guy that I feel fairly strongly uh, about. 
in his two years in Arizona, right, his first year he was RB5, but it was really buoyed by a 15-touchdown season. It was the Jamal Williams light uh, of, of 2021. 2022, he was buoyed by a career-high 58 targets. Kingsbury's gone, okay? Arizona, with Cliff Kingsbury, was always top five in pass rate. Their new offensive coordinator, Drew Petzing, is from Cleveland. I think they're going to be closer to that 58, 59% pass rate uh, that 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 Stefanski offense has. I, I just don't see the receiving upside as last year, and I also don't see the touchdown upside on what is probably the worst team in football. Definitely the worst offense in football, right? So you you hate volume is what it is. Beggs hates volume. Why does he I, hate volume for? I, I don't hate volume, but I hate volume to a guy who's never ran for a thousand yards. Not even in Pittsburgh. Never ran for a thousand yards in Pittsburgh. Never. No, just, no way. Never. You don't put a doink on it. No, that doesn't have anything to do with predicting the future. That's that's looking yeah. at the past. It, it is, but but if you know when you look at his carries, two fifteen, two oh two. Never crack a thousand yards. He's he's cracked uh, RB two plenty of time. Where do you have him this year? Where do you have him this year? Twenty six. I can I get one that he's uh, an RB two. He finishes as an RB two. That's pretty close. Why don't we split the difference between our rankings? Twenty two. I mean, you don't you take twenty two and up. I take twenty three and, and back. Man, all right. sure, dude, sure. Just get all fair. the cake and eat it all. Uh, Wayne, Wayne offered me a right split. Now. Wayne offered me a split. He he chopped it right between the middle of our rankings for Swift. That's fair. Is that where it actually happened to be? Yeah, he had him at seventeen. I had him at thirty. He took twenty four. I mean, 25. I just don't know why why you hate the volume, man. I know he's not going to be on on a good team. Arizona's offense isn't going to be good. Whatever. If he, he's never broken a thousand yards before, but he's had plenty of good fantasy finishes. He's got to be one of the cheapest bell cow running backs you can possibly get this year in the draft. The back half of last season was phenomenal. He averaged almost 19 points a game over the last eight games of the season, excluding the finale. Uh, 15.4 points per game for the season as a whole. If you include his not so good start that he had, he had a rough three game stretch. I believe it was to start the season. It's good for 10th. 15.4, it's good for 10th last year. No competition. Keontae Ingram, Tyson Williams aren't going to do anything at all. I, I mean, I think it's a, it's a volume play, man. I, running back two, is, it seems like it's going to be an easy one. I respect it. I mean, I you know, I disagree, but I, I respect it. Are you upset because they don't pass it to him? Yeah, man. If you don't catch the ball, you're not at my top twenty-four. That's, man. Just, that's just what it is. We have we have a friend who, if they've ever stubbed their big toe or needed a band-aid, uh, he won't touch him for fear to injury. And with bags, if it's not raining footballs upon you out of the backfield, he don't want you. Don't want you. Seats tiger. All right, idiot. <laughs> Our consensus twenty-one. <laughs> Uh, we got uh, we're all right right there on this guy. We got Cam Akers. I have him at twenty one. Gone has him at twenty. Beggs has him at twenty two. He sucks, man. <laughs> I'm in here putting a doink, man. This you speak on him, Wayne. This guy's a clown. Oh man. Uh, okay, I'll just speak on it. And if y'all got any extra points, throw it in since we're all right next to each other on this one. Uh, 
no secret, lost his luster a little bit among the fantasy community. Um, but I think he has a chance to get it back this year in 2022. Uh, when the Rams had uh, – the Rams and Cam had a bit of a falling out around week four to week eight. Um, the Rams could easily just cut ties and, and called it a day, um, but they didn't. Uh, not only did they choose to bring him back at the end of that little hiatus, uh, but they gave him the rock a lot. Uh, he averaged around 18 carries per game across the last six games of the year, getting over 100 yards rushing across the last three games. Uh, then in the offseason, uh, we all kind of expected the Rams to snag uh, another running back in either the draft or free agency because of the issues that that Cam Akers had last year, and they didn't. I feel like they saw enough out of Cam in the last six games to feel comfortable moving on with him as their uh, as their primary back, and that's what's going to happen this year. And he's going to return to fantasy relevance. Gone, I can't see on my screen. You might be typing, but I, this is going to be the worst offensive line of football. There's no doubt about it. Every website I've scoured has the Rams at 32nd. Um, he got kicked out of a practice the other day for throwing throwing punches. This guy is just, I don't know, man. They're, they're, something about Cam, man. You've got the Achilles injury. But something else about Cam Makers, man. Maybe he's got some off the field stuff. I don't know. But the Rams just don't seem seem to love him. Uh, I think he has the highest chance of anybody on this list to fall out of the top thirty six. Do they lose anyone off their O line that's so terrible in the offseason? Isn't Havenstein gone now? Uh no, I, I mean I'm legitimately asking because I'm not sure. Yeah. I I I I think Rob Havenstein may have left. I don't think he matters, to be he's, honest with you. He's very good, wasn't he? I'm pretty sure he was like he was all pro one year. I'm I'm almost positive actually. Well, I guess he was good enough for to help Cam Akers lead the league in rushing for the last six weeks of the season then. Yeah, I, I mean, tell you what, boys, if you guys could bottle those six weeks and just drink it every day before you went to work, you'd have a great day every day. Hey man, it happens. I, had I mean been. dude, he he hasn't been committed to since he's been in Los Angeles yet. McVeigh hasn't committed to him from the jump. He was messing around, going to Daryl Henderson and uh, Malcolm Brown, this and that over the years. Sure, they had the falling out last year, but after he got committed to, he tore it up. He may have even made the playoffs for people or, or won leagues, to be honest with you. Um, pro Football Focus has the Rams 28. as 28. Havenstein yeah. is coming back. Uh, last year, uh, they their right guard Coleman Shelton played center most of the year, um, and now they got a new uh, rookie left guard that they got. Oh, so you got a guy going back to his primary position. Mm-hmm. That's always nice. It is nice. It won't matter. They're gonna suck. Team's gonna suck. Cam Akers sucks. Where do you have Cam Akers? Twenty second. That, you know, it, honestly, man, it, that's a volume play. I mean, that's what it is. I didn't like it, but it's pure volume. That's surprising because so he, he hates volume. volume than, than James Conner. Yeah, you hate volume. Do I think he's, I think he's, at this point in their careers, he's probably as equally as talented as James Conner, if not better. Has, has Cam Akers ever broke a thousand yards in his career? Never. Never. So what's the difference? Well, I have one at 27 and one at 22. Well, I think he plays with a better quarterback. I think that's part of it. I, I like the scheme better. I like Sean McVay's offense. I think it's pretty conducive to running backs. 
Um, and I think, you know, James Conner is also going to be 29 ish, 29 years old, right? Cam Akers is going to be 24. That's a big difference to me. Fair enough. Also, edit. Uh, I saw that you tried to get me, so we split the difference on uh, James Conner, and I, I have to get you with it. You trying to get me? There's seven spot difference, right? So it's three and a half each way. Right. So I have RB twenty three or better, not twenty two. Okay. Well, hang on a second, because if you take three away from me, I'm at twenty three. If you add three to you, you're at twenty two. I thought you had him at twenty seven. I'm at twenty six. Okay, fair enough. Wayne, Wayne agreed. Wayne's a neutral party. Yeah. Moving on, our consensus twenty two. I've, why did the RB2... I feel like this episode's taking forever to get through, and it's the RB2s. It's DeAndre Swift, man. I I, I probably spent 30 minutes arguing with Johnny. <laughs> yeah, man, you're wrong on that one. Uh, consensus 22. <laughs> last word. Uh, is Miles Sanders. I had him at 22. Gone had him at 17. Beggs had him at 24. Uh, Gone, why do you think uh, Miles Sanders is going to be a world beater this year? Is it really a world beater, man? World it's beater, just- man. All right, man. Like, I just think he's going to be a volume play again. 19 isn't really world beater, is it? 19? You had him at 17, world beater. Globe smashing. I I had him at 19. I'm showing 17. Well, Mad Mob, I had him at 19. I'm looking at it right now. Nobody switches their rankings more than Goni does. Yeah, dude. I was Sorry, literally man. we were about to we were about to start recording this, and my my mouse was scrolling over the start recording button, and he was like, "Wait, bags, wait. I need you to change." Every single one of my RB2 rankings real quick. And we did. Every single one of them. All right, if you're done spewing untruths, uh, I'm trying to get some analysis in here. Uh, yeah, it, it's a volume thing, man. He he finally got the ball last year. He was phenomenal with the Eagles, career highs uh, for carries, yards, touchdowns. Signed with the Panthers. He's going to be the unquestioned number one guy this year. You got to love that. Uh they're going to be pretty bad and they're going to have to rely on Miles Sanders production. They're going to look to him to carry the offense for the most part, especially with Bryce young as a rookie quarterback, he's going to be a check down option for Bryce as well. And Panthers weren't great last year by any stretch of the imagination, but their running game wasn't that bad. Uh, Deonta Foreman took over the starting role from Christian McCaffrey and he kind of ran with it. He topped 100 yards in five out of 11 games that he played, and he was third in the league in rushing from week seven to 18. He's always been a good dude. He's always been a very efficient, good running back. He just never got his opportunities when he was in Philly. Last year was the first year, and he showed what he can do. I expect his yards per carry to come down, obviously, going to a worse team and probably his touchdown rate, but I still think he puts up good numbers. World beater. Um it, it, it took four years, the best offensive line in football, and a Jalen Hurts career year. For, he finally cracked a thousand yards and double-digit touchdowns. I, you know, I, I agree with you, going. It's a good situation. There's going to be volume there, um, but you know, running backs typically don't do great with rookie quarterbacks. There was a I found an article online by Dynasty Nerds. This is a really awesome piece, and it showed that running backs when paired with a rookie quarterback, score two less PPR points per game on average. Um, I, I just think being with Bryce Young, uh, kind of going through that learning curve, 
might hurt a little more than it helps. Yeah, I mean, I like Miles Sanders this year. I don't think he's – I'm not thinking he's going to be crazy like Goni does, ranked all the way up there. Um, he was pretty efficient, 4.89 yards per carry, but that was behind the best offensive line. Uh, it's going to be a shaky start. I mean, they have new positional players, a tight end wide receiver and, and quarterback, obviously, with Bryce Young. Um, had 259 attempts, and I think he's probably going to peak that here in Carolina. Um, the Panthers are, are – they've been working on their weakness. Uh, in 2021, they had the 31st-ranked offensive line, and now they're they're all the way back to middle of the pack and use their fourth-round pick um, to snag a, another offensive lineman. Um, I think his efficiency goes down a little bit this year, but I think his usage goes up. I think, like you all said, Carolina needs them. They they need to feed them the rock. They're pretty unproven everywhere else. So, uh, I agree. So, it's a volume play. On to our running back, 23. We got Monty. I got him at 25. Goni has him at 22. Begley has him a world beater at 21. Real, <laughs> real big on the Lions' backfield this year. Hey, I'm huge on the line. I'm huge on – I like the Lions' offense this year, man. Uh, you know, without Jamison Williams for the first six games, too, I think it really helps. Your Jared Goff yeah. ranking didn't say that, but that's fine. Go ahead. I'm top 15. Well, you know, I'm top 15. Go ahead. Didn't so. Jared Goff, you know, I had him, you know, QB1. It's fine. Go ahead. Top 15. Not not bad. Right on the cusp. Um, I, I, man, I don't know what to say about, about David Montgomery. I, they gave him a three-year deal. They like him. I, I think he, at this point in his career, is more – talented than jamal williams i don't think it's like a plug and play uh, i think he's a little bit better um top three line in football this year i you know i i like david montgomery i especially like him at his price to be quite honest with you in redraft leagues yeah i mean it's it's the best team he's ever played on it's going to be the best offense he's ever played in he's never finished outside the top 24 he's getting a top three line he's been serviceable even even on a bad offense in chicago just his entire career like i said never finished outside the top 24 he's a capable pass catcher as well and he's obviously going to be the guy in short yardage and goal line situation so that's the jamal williams role nothing to add i agree i agree with all that consensus 24 the last of the rb2s we got alexander madison I had him at 27. Gone had him right at 24. Beggs had him at 20. Beggs, why is he a world beater for you? Is it me again? Wow. I'm so different than you guys this year. Uh, well, I've got a few data points on Madison. Uh, so, you know, Dalvin Cook's leaving behind a huge snap share. He's one of only four running backs last year who saw over 70% of the snaps for his team. Uh, I I don't know really who competes with Madison uh, to grab those snap share. Maybe some Ty Chandler. There's a Dwayne McBride sighting out there. Um, ultimately, I think it's Madison's job. You know, every time he's been the Vikings lead back, every single time he's been in RB1 and he's averaged 21 points per game in every game that he's had over 50% snap share. So when he's had the opportunity, he's gotten it done. And, uh, I, you know, I know you can't really extrapolate the data that way, right? He did it three years ago, so he's going to do it this year. But I think the point is when he's given a chance, he's given the ball, he's pretty effective. Um, I also like that he's involved in the passing game, you know, in his highest snap share year. 
he he had uh, four games that year where he eclipsed over fifty percent snap share, targets of eight, seven, four, and three. Uh, I think he's involved enough in the passing game. I think he sneaks into high end RB two or back end RB two. This is one of those rare times where I can ask Begley, do guys break out in their fifth season? Man, they 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 do not, my friend. I mean, I I don't have him too much further off than you do. I don't know, man. The sample size that you gave is super small. It's it's probably tiny. It's definitely it's definitely not games. a six game sample size. <laughs> man, guys break out in their fifth year. Man, it happens all the time. Gordon Beggs, he hates volume. Um, no, I don't know. I, I don't know. It looked like Dalvin was losing a step last year. I don't know what kind of juice Madison has. I mean, we've we've seen him in spot starts here and there. He's got a rough schedule to start the season. Do I think he is the guy all year? I don't know. Uh, he's definitely not going to get the 70% share on the ground. They're going to bring in someone else. But, I mean, he's the starter. He's the starter. It's a pass-first offense. This The Vikings threw, I think, third most in the league last year. And I feel like that's a good thing that he has going for him to open up lanes. You got to respect Kirk Cousins. He commands that respect in the passing game. Jetta, obviously. Uh, Hawkinson over the middle. So, I mean, I, I like it just as him being a starter in a good offense. That's why I have him as an RB2. Yeah. I mean, uh, I was looking as a, at his efficiency last year, and it just it wasn't there for me. Um, I, I remember in previous years – uh, every time he'd fill in for Dalvin, he did he did pretty good. Um, so I was kind of expecting to see that whenever I looked him up last year, and just didn't didn't see the same. It seems like he's seems like the best of his career has been spent behind Dalvin, and and we'll see what's left now that he's the RB one in an extremely pass heavy offense. I think his ceiling is rock hard, um, and it's not a very tall ceiling in my opinion. But splitting frog hairs here. I want to mention two things before we wrap this episode up because um, it's something that me and Goni wholeheartedly disagreed with Begley on. So I'm, I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him about a minute of FaceTime here and then I'm going to mute him and give Goni and I unlimited time to just call him stupid. <laughs> a, guy, <laughs> a guy that you all are probably thinking, why is he not in your consensus RB2 rankings? Uh, Goni and I had a guy here, um, but he got pushed out, uh, by Begley saying he's not fantasy relevant this year. It's Alvin Kamara. Goni and I both had him as an RB two and Begley had him as an RB 87. Uh, another hot take for Beggs. He had Rashad white, um, as a high end RB two this year. What do you mean by high end? Well, was it RB 15, I believe. Uh, Rashad White, 17. Okay. Beggs, I mean, any reason why you think Kamara's f- irrelevant in fantasy and Rashad White's um, an absolute universe dominator? Yeah, well, A, I like, I like Rashad, Rashad White's passing uh, or receiving upside. Um, it, <laughs> I, I'm a broken record, right? But, uh, I mean, you want to talk about no, no competition. I mean, it's really him and Sean Tucker out there. Uh, Rashad White in limited time shows great receiving chops uh alvin kamara man going into age 29 year i think you saw the fall off last year uh he wasn't very good in the dennis allen offense he had a four game stretch 
where he was very good. Outside of that, he was t- pretty much total dog water. Um, drafted Ken- Kendra Miller, brought in Jamal Williams, more, more competition. And I think Michael Thomas being back and the uh, emergence of Chris Olave and to a much lesser extent Rashid Shahid. I think there's some target competition out there. Is Michael Thomas really back, though? That's one of the things of, like, I'll see it when I see it. He was back last year. He was back the year before that. He was back the year before that. And then something happens. He might play some games. Can I get a doink that uh, Kamara finishes better than Rashad White? Oh, God, yeah. uh, Absolutely. I'll take Rashad White. Yeah, for sure. All right. Absolutely. Love that one. Kamara only scored four touchdowns last year, man. Two on the ground, two through the air. He he catches the ball. He catches the ball a lot more than than Rashad White, which is just weird for you to go against the grain on that one. Yeah, it's, and it's who's, not as who's dumping it down days. to Rashad White? Tom Brady ain't there to give a hundred targets to the running back anymore. Is Kyle Trask known for doing that, or Baker Mayfield? Baker's Baker's our guy. Baker's our guy. The the Buccaneers Instagram posted uh, a big picture of Baker this year, and it said "Let's bake" behind it. Um, the comments are really funny on that. I recommend uh, if you all want to laugh, go go check those comments out. Um, so yeah, it's weird. I he he likes volume. He hates volume. You got to be receiving back. You can't be receiving back. Tutties are king. Tutties don't matter. I I just I think Rashad White's got more upside, man. I I I think he's got less competition all around. Ta- talking about talking about Michael Thomas, a guy a guy that I tried to play as my dark horse last year, mm-hmm. led me down miserably. Forget Michael Thomas. My man's toe has kept him. Demar Hamlin died and came back to the NFL before Michael Thomas's toe got better. Brian Robinson got shot and came back to the NFL before Michael Thomas's toe got better. People have <laughs> torn LCLs, ACLs, Achilles, and come back before Michael Thomas's toe has gotten better. That man got paid and said, I don't want to play football anymore. And that's the facts. That's the facts, dude. But he played in a preseason game. That's a good he's, sign. He's got that Shaquille O'Neal toe working, working for him right now. 100%, dude. That's got me weak. Michael Thomas, yeah. you were a giant sissy. If I see in an alley, I swear I'm going to stomp on your foot if you try and step to me. Or limp to me, whatever you're going to do. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I like the dunk, man. I, I feel I, – I can't tell you how good I feel about that one going. I think that, that might be my lock doink of the year. I also feel like just one other thing, because Begley has all these crazy contradictions and stuff. If you are over <laughs> the age of like 27 years old, you're dead to Begs. You don't catch and you you passed your 27th birthday. He don't watch you. You're dead to him. No one's ever done well in their 27th year. Hang on. Pump, pump the brakes. I've got Derek Henry right, ranked at eighth overall. But just look at the numbers going. Just look at the numbers, man. We're talking about Rashad White here, man, in comparison. Okay. Well, you squinted your eyes. Do you like Kamara's situation this year with a three-game suspension? I like it better than Rashad White's. Why? He's got a better quarterback. He's got a better offense. He's got better weapons. He's got better everything. How you just said about someone else we argued about for 30 minutes. 
Well, hang on a second. Let's pump the brakes. I think Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Russell Gage are just as good as Chris Olave and My- Michael Thomas. So pump the brakes on that one a little bit. The the engine of that vehicle is terrible. Oh, yeah, but you are the notorious Derek Carr hater, to be fair. You hate Derek Come on, Carr. Man. Is, is Derek Carr yeah. better or worse uh, than Baker maybe. Mayfield? Way better. Okay, then. That's all I'm saying. I just don't want Derek Carr anywhere near my top 12. That's why I'm a hater, I guess. That's fair. Well, uh, I've won every doink we've ever had involving Derek Carr where you took Derek Carr. That's true. That That is true. You faded Derek Carr in, a, in, in every doink. You're right. And he won. But I guess all of a sudden he becomes the check down king this year. Okay. I mean, Baker Mayfield and Derek Carr. Come on, man. Don't overthink it. Don't overthink uh, I'm not going to overthink it, man. Well, take, well hang on now. Now, what did the Raiders lose? Why did the Saints – how did the Saints get them, and why did the Raiders give them up? They got them for dollars, not even picks. Honest question. I, I, I'm sincerely asking both of you. Jamal Williams and Kendra Miller don't scare you off Kamara's production. No, because Kamara has a very specific role in the offense that only he does. Okay. That's fair. All right. Mad Mob, we hope you enjoyed this one because I know I did. Uh, We'll be back uh, later this week to kick off our wide receiver rankings. Uh, Healthy phalanges and metatarsals for MVP. Fifth-year breakouts for MVP. Rashad White for MVP. Wow. Uh, Jacking my thing at the end of the podcast for MVP.